There are no such things as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Step into the greatest version of yourself because what you do matters. Shift your narrative. You're listening to Opportunity Makers, where entrepreneurs come to take their purpose-driven business to the next level. Here's your host, Jim Padilla. Hey, so good to see you here on another episode of the Opportunity Makers podcast. Welcome. You know, we're always talking about ways to find and navigate the journey through the crazy landscape that exists today. And so many times it's just, you know, it's all about what you focus on. Where are you putting your effort? Where are you putting your mindset? How are you showing up? What opportunities? What are you actually looking for? And many times we show up as the the person who is trying not to fail or trying not to get run over or taken down by whatever's going on in the world or in the economy. Instead of showing up as the person who's going to seize the moment, who's going to press in and go on offense when everybody else is holding back because they don't want to run into that wall. They're unaf- they're afraid. They're, they're unsure of what's going to happen. When you go on offense, you start moving in the lane that you're an expert in. You start moving in the, your expertise. You start showing up as the person who's in the know. And then you automatically create a magnetism around you. You create a tribe. You create a flow of people who say, I want what he's got. I want what she's got. I want to go and do the things that she's doing. And because they can see confidently and competently that you have what it takes and they want to know more. Um, So many times when we start playing defense, then so does our energy, so does our communication, so does what we put out in the marketplace. And then it's not compelling, it's not attractive, not clear. And then people might go, oh, well, that's kind of interesting, but I wasn't drawn to it, I'm drawn over here. And you wanna be the person that people are drawn to, like my friend, Sean Cannell. All right, Sean Cannell, he's, he's an entrepreneurial speaker, a coach, prolific content creator by volumes. Right, His mission is to help 10,000 purpose-driven people create full-time living with YouTube. Right, He's been doing this for a while as the CEO of Think Media, host of Think Media Podcast. Right, He is one of today's leading online video experts and the world's most watched YouTube strategist. Big things. Hey, Sean's YouTube channels are, have over 2 million subscribers and his videos have been viewed over 150 million times. Hey, Sean has been featured in 20 must-watch YouTuber channels that will change your business by Forbes.com. Hey, after growing a six-figure income as a tech YouTuber, he built an eight-figure online video education company that he runs today. And I met him uh, at an event and a mastermind, I think it was five, six years ago now. And we spent some time and he, just, he made an impression on me as somebody who's just a good guy, a good man, uh, a good believer, somebody who really wants to make impact and change, do good things for people in the world and really smart in his lane. And the cool part is he stayed in that lane this whole time, going on offense, keep moving, keep making adjustments, keep making those pivots, keep improving and growing. And now his company is just really you know, going on offense, he's kicking butt, taking names, right? And his, his theme this year that I absolutely love that he shared, built to last. They are building for the future. They are building for sustainability. They're building to be impenetrable. And you can learn a lot because this is the kind of thinking and activity that creates massive opportunity for yourself 
and those who follow you. So dig in, jump in, hold on, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, like, comment. We want to hear from you. I don't want to just speak to you and speak into you. We'd love to hear from you, what you're thinking, what you're gaining, how much you're appreciating uh, the opportunities or what you want us to do different so we can support you because without you, we don't exist, right? So have a, have a sit, have a listen or listen while you're on the drive or on the treadmill, do what you got to do, but make sure that you soak this in. This is definitely one you're going to want to rewind a couple of times and grab some key moments out of this that'll benefit you greatly. We'll see you on the flip side. Well, there you go. Formal introduction just happened. And uh, I share a little story in that intro, how we first met and how we broke bread at Tamara Thompson's event and had, to, had some good times getting to explore some things. But why don't you just give a quick version of who is Sean Canal and and what's Think Media about? How did you get here? Why are you relevant in this conversation? Yeah, I mean, Jim, thanks for having me and just super grateful to be hanging out with you and your community. You know, Think Media is an education company that teaches leaders, salespeople, entrepreneurs, business owners how to use video and live streaming to get their message out, to generate more leads, more clients, and more sales. We have about 3 million subscribers across our YouTube channels. Uh, we run an annual event, wrote a book called YouTube Secrets. We have some paid programs, a lot of free content, uh, number one marketing podcast. And it's wild what's happening today. Multi-million dollar company, but I'm as shocked as anybody else. I'm a small, small town kid, college dropout. I just started shooting videos in my bedroom. And it sort of speaks to the real opportunity for everybody listening to this, even in a 2023, 2024 world, to get grow your business, get your message out there with video. And I really emphasize YouTube, but we are publishing content across platforms and there's vertical video, people I'm sure active on Facebook or maybe heavily active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of those opportunities to be posting video. So we help leaders learn how to use video to grow their influence. And uh, it's been a wild ride. Awesome. Awesome. You've been, you're one of the few people that's actually, uh, it feels like you've been in the same journey. Uh, you know, I, I come across people who like four years ago, they were doing something totally different. Now they got an agency or now yeah. they've got something else. And you are, you, you've been on the same path for a while. So um, has it been that simple or what, 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 aha, what, what's kept you here and what's been the exponential jumps you've been making? You know, I'm a creative and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are listening to this. So, you know, you've got 14 new ideas every 14 minutes. And there's the temptation to get bored, want to pivot, try something new. And I understand that. And of course, depending on maybe the amount of financial freedom or influence you've built, you can do anything. But one of you can do anything you want. You can pivot whenever you want. But one of the things I guess I've learned just from observing businesses and observing brands and observing authors and personal brands is there's something really powerful about the compound effect. And there's something really powerful about just continuing to go deeper on being, there's a book called The One Thing. Um, there's a lot of books about kind of finding your specialty and going deeper in your specialty. And I think some of the lessons, like where did, where did this kind of become clear to me? Some of the lessons also was I, I grew up in the church. That's when I actually first got started in video. And I've worked with a lot of faith-based authors and speakers. And one of the things I noticed is they would usually become known for one thing. It's true for most people. Like maybe they became known um, for like marriage advice, you know? So like they, they, they share a bunch of marriage advice, they write a book on marriage, 
um, or maybe they became known for like personal finance or something like that. And they write a book on personal finance. And then once they get influenced though, and maybe it's because people are asking now they, they start like just talking about everything. Now, maybe you can be an expert on everything, but my, my thought is like, can you really develop a whole nother dimension of expertise? Thing one thing two, some people may be successful at this because they build so much influence that someone loves you for your personal development stuff. So now they're like, teach me about something else. But I guess from my observer, my observation was that sometimes as people drifted from their core, they diluted their power a little bit. Cause how can we possibly be like very deep in a multiplicity of subjects? So this was, it's been an intentional thing. There's been times where I've wanted to pivot, leave, but what I've realized is man, the more I double down and actually stay focused, and I mean, I know there's a lot of serial entrepreneurs and many have figured out how to do it, but I, there's like there's like five businesses I want to launch a day. And I just keep coming back to like, in a way, I, I feel like best practices of like, it's hard enough to care for one business. It's hard enough to care for one wife. You know, I don't know what the view on polygamy is, but like, I, I just can't even imagine. It's hard enough to be married to one woman. I don't know if I could be married to multiple women. Uh, and so I don't know if I could be married to multiple businesses. Of course, you could you could have different operators there. And then what I found is like there's just deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper layers of of insight for video. And then finally, I think it also has to do with the horse that I, I bet on, which was YouTube and video. And I did see that coming, but I never could have predicted the future when Clubhouse came out, which was an audio app that people really got into for like four minutes during the pandemic. Some people all of a sudden they like change their profile and they're like, I'm the club, I'm the number one clubhouse expert. I'm the number one clubhouse sales expert. They wrote an ebook, they created a course. And, the, and then the problem, a good idea, by the way, maybe because it was a new thing. But the problem was, was then when clubhouse became irrelevant, they kind of had to pivot. So I also, as I continue, I'm constantly auditing the landscape, thinking about what are my next five moves, 10 moves, 15 moves. And I just see how relevant YouTube is, not just in the past today, but this next decade is going to be the best decade on YouTube. So I'm in a position where I'm like, why would I dilute my potency by getting distracted? And and why would I dilute? Maybe I've seen too many organizations. I know some people pull this off. But too many people start getting distracted and working on other practices, uh, projects. Toxic culture starts developing on their team. They start just because at some level you got to stay engaged and I've created a good amount of time off and a good team amount of lead, but I'm still developing leaders. So, so that those are some of the ingredients of, of why I've now stayed focused. And for the listener who may, we just were our meeting, I've been doing video for 20 years, YouTube for 16. And the plan is to continue to double down. I already kind of know what my next moves are. And every day, if not every month, I want to move on. I honestly do. I, I talk about it all the time, but then I, what I keep hitting the brakes on is 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 my team ready have are my leaders ready are is is the systems developed is the business really we're on year six and seven is it ready yet i'm kind of working back from year 10 to try to be like a board member or just sort of like the founder that nobody knows anymore so i'm actively thinking about my next moves um but but if i'm not ready three years from now or if i just don't feel like it's quite the right time I think doubling down and doubling down, there's a lot more depth. And this is probably true for everybody listening. There's a lot more depth in your leads. There's probably a lot more depth in 
your LTV is better than trying to acquire a new customer. Like there's deeper yes. to go with, with like the thing you're doing. If you can stay passionate, stay disciplined, rekindle your fire when you get bored. I think there's something power about staying focused and the compound effect of going in the same direction over an extended period of time. Man, I think you need to say everything you just said again, because <laughs> that was, that's literally like entrepreneurial food. You know, uh, I was just hanging out with my daughter and and her uh, three and three and uh, two, three and one year old. Um, and they are, you know, she's feeding them uh, popsicles, but they're hundred percent natural. And so he was like dribbling at some on his hand and down his son, my, 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 my two-year-old grandson. And she's like, oh, that's right. It's pure natural. There's nothing but pineapples in that thing. And so get it all over him. <laughs> and what she was, you know, lineage is like, just when it's pure and it's good, you can just double down. It's like, it don't matter. It's like when it's, when you know what's in it, then your options are limitless, right? When it's just pure. And That's too good. many times it's, there's way more distraction and I get caught up in it. Um, we've been doing this business model for almost 10 years now. And, you know, we, we still, now we have an events company and a sales training company and, and we're starting to do acquisition stuff. But at the end of the day, we're still playing the same game making sure people have qualified booked appointments so they can have more sales. And, you know, we, when we were bringing companies on and then we plug in our, our resources to scale them with our sales divisions. And so we're still a fractional sales company. There's just other things we can do after they come in the door. And you mentioned it, LTV, right? I'm having a training tomorrow with, uh, with our membership. And the whole focus is how are we fine tuning your LTV journey for your people? Because, it is hard to find new clients. You take care of the people you have, serve them well, and then keep them moving and they'll stay with you for life if you keep solving their problems, you know? And those inherent lie in creating more opportunities for yourself, for other people, for team. Every time we create a new offering, then we build a new division around that and we put somebody in charge of it. So it's opportunity creation for our clients, for us, for the marketplace. Um, where, what are you seeing right now as the biggest opportunities in you know, in, in video in general, not just YouTube, but I know you're a YouTube specialist, but you're a video guy. No question. The biggest opportunity right now is AI and maybe it's getting a little bit of buzz and a little too much hype, but I actually don't think it's overrated. I think it's actually still underrated, um, specifically for video. And maybe I'll summarize with one story. We've been producing videos for a long time and my original founder skill set was video editing. As a freelancer, I was a video editor. So I was editing video from 2003 and I probably didn't really stop editing video until I started really hiring a team at scale, maybe around 2015. So I have a lot of experience video editing. A lot of has changed for people that are still doing that as their discipline, craft, their practice. But for example, if you were to shoot some kind of an interview like this in person with three camera angles, a nice setup in a nice studio. You you would capture all that footage, put it in your editor. It would probably take most human editors, um, if we did an hour long show, it'd probably still maybe an hour and a half. It'd take maybe three hours to edit a multi-camera shoot, pick the angles, go through it, figure out the timing. Well, there's AI tools right now. This one's called Autopod, which what took three hours now takes three minutes. So that right there, I think, tells the message of what's happening with AI. Now, you can't just press the button on Autopod and the 56 steps after that are done. You still 
polish it, export it properly, add in an ad spot, you know, from a brand or something or your own promotion to your own way to capture leads. Got to upload it. But AI coming as an assistant alongside of every vertical in a business is the businesses that sleep on this are going to get left behind. And so this is true for video. It, and at every pace, it could be quickly getting thumbnails done, which would be the visual graphics, right, for the video, editing the video, writing the titles, um, chat GPT times 100 other different things. I'm using this thing called Harper AI, I think is what it's called. You can summarize YouTube videos. A lot of leaders on here probably study 45, 60 minute, 90 minute conversations. You just plug in this AI tool, click the thing, and it, it gives you a complete summary of the video this is entirely free too and so there's i think ai is is they say is ai going to replace humans i don't think so but i think humans using ai will replace humans that are not using ai and we've been talking about this with our staff every one of my executive team i charge them to go find tools that are relevant to their vertical. My executive assistant, she came up with 10 things on a Google doc, whether that's email management, scheduling, finding the shortest route to places, finding the best price, like uh, summarizing, you know, note taking on Zoom and then summarizing the key points and turning those into action items and turning that into a project management. Um, our customer success. I heard Billie Jean say that, you know, 27 to 35,000 K a year customer service jobs are going to get completely replaced by AI and that a higher level, what, what you'll probably have is like, you have a VP of customer success or customer service managing four robots, like an, an AI, like making sure the scripts are right. You look at something like wisdom.ai, I think is what it's called. And you can upload all your coaching calls, all your podcasts, all your things. And it creates a searchable, uh, database of Jim and a chat bot would answer as you because every single question you've answered over the last couple of years, it would answer as you if it ingested all your interviews and all your coaching calls and all your so this stuff is here. I uh, if it makes the listener a little bit uncomfortable, it should. If the listener is also afraid of, you know, what's the dark side of this? And are we all going to get killed? Well, I guess it doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to reverse that. And so if that is the inevitable outcome, we might as well do our best in our businesses in the meantime. Uh, but but the truth is, I think that if if you are listening to this, you're still on the bleeding edge and I would lean into it. Um, again, our, our media team did as well. So we're we're looking at the tools. We also don't have a fear of it. We're embracing it. Um, you know, it's adapt or die. I really believe that. And I think one of the things I said in my preamble to our team was this is not NFTs. This is not the metaverse. This is not clubhouse. This is, this is different. And well, Sean, how can you be sure? It's just, you look, you have the, the, one of the lead guys resigning from Google cause he's worried about how, how powerful it is. And you have a land grab of all these companies going after it. But you don't have to take any of the headlines. You you should roll your sleeves up and get your hands into it. And, and, and let's go back to the story. What took three hours took three minutes. I'm not saying it's replacing humans, but what I'm challenging myself and every single team member, I'm actually encouraging everybody. I'm saying, listen, you do have job security at Think Media, but not if you don't change. And your way of advancing at this company is if you embrace these tools. 
I'm also trying to develop a culture to say, I am not trying to be a leader that you wait to be spoon fed about what we should do next or what's happening. Although that is why they free me up so I could be visioneering and seeing ahead. But we're challenging them to say, I don't know what tools are best for you. I haven't, you might, someone might say, I have no time to research all these. Either do I. That's why I actually am empowering them with money, time, resources, and the directive to say, I don't even know what you do in your job. Like that's been up to you. Like, you know, like, I don't know what's happening in customer success. I got to manage it, but I'm, I'm at the high level in the company. So at the, I mean, maybe I'm not a good leader, who knows? But ultimately I'm like, this is your, your responsibility, Brian, one of our executive leaders. So you figure it out, you get your team on board and let's like, let's move in on this. And so I think if you act, if you act now on AI, you're going to have a big advantage. And it is, if you have 10%, 20%, 30%, or 100 or 300% or 3000%, like the video editing um, example, we're going to see a massive gap develop over the next six to 12 to 24 months, where some companies are going to be like, man, why are our competitors not just like lapping us, but exponentially increasing productivity. And what I'm challenging our theme this year is built to last. This is this is not anxious energy. It's urgency without anxiety. It's it's how do we leverage technology that is so disruptive to actually have more peace of mind? We're not looking at extra productivity so we can work even harder and work even longer to beat, you know, at, at some just obsessive, toxic ambition. Our, our, we just added it up. We, our team gets six weeks off a year, company-wide. We take a Sabbath week off. So we actually are looking for tools to give us more lifestyle, more time with family, the, a healthy company culture, a place people love to work. But we're, we're existing in that tension of, yeah, but when we work, we work. And I expect 100 times, you being 100 times more productive than the person over here who's still editing video like it's 2019 or it's like it's 2010 or like it's, January 2023, yeah. like things are changing. So you need to be going faster. Um, and as a result, we should have more peace of mind, more time, more health, more mental health. And that's at least what we're shooting for. So AI, no question is is the disruptor. And it's something that anybody listening to this, if you ignore it, I think that's to your own peril. It's that big of a deal. Yeah, I, you know, I think everybody, well, maybe not. Some people are afraid of it, but I think everybody's leaning into it somewhere. How do I how do I optimize AI to elevate what we're doing? And it really comes down to uh, if you're not an expert at what you do already, you're probably not going to be very good at operating and engaging AI. The AI isn't necessarily going to do anything you can't do. It's just going to do it for you more effectively, maybe faster, give you a better response, at least for now. I mean, you could still, there's, I haven't found anything that we can't create on our own in AI, but some of the projects that we've seen is like it's stuff that was taking us weeks that is now taking us 20 minutes, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah, it's still, it still requires intelligence. And that's why I'm actually thinking about too, our team will probably stay leaner. I'm trying to encourage them. I'm not saying your job is threatened. I'm saying, actually, I probably want to give you a raise because we're not going to hire another person under you. You're going to be managing like three AI assistants. And right. so you're, because you'll be able to be as effective as, and by the way, that's, we'll see. But I mean, that's, that's sort of in some areas, again, if one guy could save three hours, we don't need another editor editing for three hours. That tool just saved the time. And so one person can now potentially meet the demands of our production uh, without having to hire someone new. And yeah, so it's, it's disruptive nonetheless. 
and uh, we'll see where it all goes. Yeah. Uh, and just total side note on that. Um, we've been playing with this a lot. I, we've subscribed to dozens of different AI apps because they're literally coming out every day. Um, caution. Don't do anything on an annual plan because you have no idea if you're going to need this thing in three months, much less in a year. So just sign up for monthly. That's a good tip. Figure out if you actually are going to use this thing and if it's going to outlast the curve. Uh, and then if you want buy long term, but don't pay for a bunch of apps that are probably going to be extinct in about 90 days or six months, but uh, dabble in it, but definitely explore them. Yeah. You know, and uh, we also keep a spreadsheet for your company anyways, as far as practical tips of the software, any kind of coaching, any kind of all the logins. And I was just talking about this on a mastermind I'm a part of. They're saying they check in quarterly and they ask the team member using it are you still using this? Like, should we, is it still, is it still relevant? And are you still actively using it so that you can cancel? It's kind of like that could probably be true for Netflix and HBO max too. Like there might be some credit card. So within your business. And so I actually gave wide open floodgates. I said, you can spend, you can get any AI tool you want. It is approved without asking me, yeah. put it into the system. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not looking, I don't want to overanalyze it. Let's move fast, break things. Let's test. And let's just cancel them. Like the, the R and D department of 30 bucks here and hundred bucks here. If we spend a couple grand in the next three to six months to find the things we like, and then, and then make sure we turn them off. And, and my wife's our CFO and she runs a team that will make sure that we'll, we'll catch it all anyways. But that's, we want to move fast and break things. But to your point, not afraid of like, you know, scared money, don't make money. And, but then we want to make sure we turn off all the ones we're not using and the avoidance of annual plan. I'm going to pass that along to our team just to say like, listen, even if it sounds amazing, no guarantee we're going to use it. Let's just stick with monthly monthly. Who cares about the savings? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, little tidbit that can save you a bit. Um, so, so what, what concerns do you have as we're moving through this economy right now? And, you know, whether it's your clients, your team vendors, you know, the, the bottom line is, even though you might have a great mindset, eggs are still $8 a dozen and gas is still rising and all of that. How are you managing people and in, in encouraging opportunity, growth, movement in an environment where most people are feeling like they should be protecting themselves? Yeah, I think one of the most important things to protect right now is your mindset. Um, I think you got to protect your mindset because what's wild is with all of the headlines and all of the things that are happening on the news, you don't hear a lot of times, in fact, you hear never, the news never pops in and says, hey, you know what's encouraging? Trillions of dollars were transacted today. Transacted today. It'll, they'll never say that. Trillions of dollars uh, were transacted just today. You know what's amazing is like there's so much money in the system and opportunity in the system and there's so many people that are still buying things and still doing things. You know, you'll never hear them say that. What you will oftentimes hear is someone will foreclosed homes will go from like 1% to 2% and they'll say foreclosures have doubled in one week. Um, and they'll, they'll use terminology like that. And then, so you'll be like, oh my gosh, the housing market is crashing. It's just all coming down the debt ceiling, all very real stuff. But ultimately, I think you have to protect your mindset because you also ask like, what can you ultimately, how can you control? What can you really control? And there are some things you control. One of which is going to be what you listen to, what you are, are, are reading, what you're listening to, watching, but also 
your actions. And if we consume anything that leads us to either fleeing, running away, freezing, just doing nothing, then, and, and anything that leads us to do anything other than fight, because the move to make in a recessionary time is not to flee, it's not to freeze, it's to fight, it's to go to on offense. And so I think, number one, it's like, you gotta protect your mindset. Number two, you gotta develop a skill set. I think you not only do you have one, but develop new skill sets. In recession is the greatest time to lean into something new, launch something new, start something new. Or maybe you find yourself already unemployed. A lot of tech workers are being laid off, a lot of different things are happening. That also could be very discouraging. It's a very heavy mental lift unless you reframe. Okay, this is actually an opportunity to grow. This is actually, maybe this isn't as much of a curse, it's actually a blessing. Perspective is powerful because now I've got some time on my hands and what I thought was, you know, I was knocked down and really my setback was a set up to learn something new, reposition my career, reinvent myself. Um, and so I think protecting your mindset, always working on your skill set, learning something like AI, learning something like video, these are new skills. Learning to communicate in general, communicate more powerfully on Zoom, communicate more powerfully as a sales professional, negotiate, close, overcome objections. Like these are all skill sets. You start, you becoming more valuable. Um, and so those are, those are the big focuses uh, for me. And I then also, it's, we're just in such a weird world. I'll tell you, I mean, to be human as well and vulnerable here, I don't even, I don't think anybody knows what's even going on. Like, we're, it's like we very much are on, you could read, read Ray Dalio and it's like, yeah, we're about to just, you know, we're no longer going to be the dominant currency. Yeah, maybe, probably, who knows? You know, China's about, you're like, you get into this thing. There's the five countries you get. So you're like, all right, but then on the flip side, you know, and like for sure we're going into a recession or we may not. And they say that history often re doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Someday, eventually, you know, one of the reasons we might not go into a recession, right, is because of home equity lines of credit. When you actually add up how many Americans own houses and how much money they could pull out of them, I was just hearing this math and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then I realized that's just kicking the can further. If there's more on credit cards and there's oh, over leverage and home equity lines of credit and interest rates keep going up. And so oftentimes, you know, we're trying to pick the timing of things. I know I am because I invest in real estate and stuff, not even really professionally. So I look more like I, I kind of more as a business owner wanting to park his money. And so I, I'm always like up and down by like, what's going to happen and, and trying, you know, like the stock market, timing the market is not as good as time in the market. What does that mean? Just doing the math on deals, doing the math, hiring good people, being thoughtful about our decisions, clear thinking, protecting our mindset, doing them. doesn't matter. Buy a house in any economy at any interest rate. Who cares? Just do the math. Like, does the deal make sense on paper? What's it intended for? And, and continuing to stay on offense. That'd be my final thing. And I mentioned that, but I just think offense, def, you know, a defense is important, but on defense, you'll never actually score and you can never win if you never score. And so the majority of people are gonna take a defensive stance. They're either gonna flee or they're gonna freeze and you gotta fight. And I think that getting into, that's why you protect your mindset so you can summon the courage, have the habits and the routines that allow you to tackle every day. The people playing offense in any economy, in the peculiar moment we're in right now, in a, in a shallow recession, 
in a little R recession, as they call it, or in a crash, regardless, get ready, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Constantly, I listen to Patrick Bed David. He's kind of a mentor of mine. He is always, he is like just always like kind of, but it's kind of smart because if you're just always ready for the crash or not, you're better off either way because you tightened your belt, you cut unnecessary spending, you took some offensive moves, you took some calculated risks, and then it didn't quite play out how it worked. Okay, if it did. And so, I mean, from my perspective, that's sort of what we're doing at Think Media. I just try to guard my mindset, keep working on my skill set, and keep playing offense. Man, this is, I, I think I spoke the least in this podcast than I have in a while. You're just rolling. I was just like, hey, just just go on. I'm taking notes. I'm listening. I'm, I'm loving the vibe. I'm loving your your confidence and your certainty and your energy on this. And um, yeah, it's good things, man, because there's a lot of people who are, you know, who are good at what they do. But in, in times like this, like you said, they're looking, they're clamoring. Where, where's, where's, an, where's an exit door? Where's a place that I can, where's a parachute? And instead of just leaning in. And uh, and I, I love what you're saying, but more importantly, I love the way you're saying it. And it's just coming right from, it's coming from your your core, man, from your soul. And I love it. And uh, yeah, very inspiring. You so, know, I heard, uh, <laughs> I heard Ryan Tracy from a quote that I'll kind of slaughter, but I think one other thing that I've always strove to do is if you, all you got to do is be in like the top 10%. And he was talking about salespeople. And he was talking, of course, there's like the top two, the top five, the top 10. And so I know that could feel, I'm sure your audience can handle it, but you know, talking about like rankings or whatever, but that's all salespeople can handle it, right? It's like, if you just, that's what I always think. It's like, okay, even let's take unemployment, right? It's 5%, it's very low. Um, it'll probably go up. Maybe it won't, you know, like who knows? Uh, that's the lagging indicator. We'll probably see that next. Like, but whenever, if 10% of people are unemployed, 90% are still employed, you know? And so it's like, of course, there's going to be layoffs, but there are other people hiring. And there is, there's going to be layoffs or there's going to be businesses closing, but there's also the opportunity to start new businesses. And I get it, credit tightens, but there will always be some level of lending. And I love the Brian Tracy's thing who said, strive to develop your skills, level up, work, you know, work on yourself grow your leadership skills, grow your communication skills, grow your sales skills, grow your negotiation skills, lean into learning. And it's very hard because sometimes it's hard to like overcome the hump of motivation. It could be a lot easier to want to just go, you know, watch shows on Netflix, uh, HBO Max, just kind of tune out and just get into sort of a cycle of just kind of waiting it and circling the wagons and see what happens. But if you could shift from that and just go all in on on your personal development and, and professional development, networking, you know, there's some like being constantly cultivating and nurturing your network so that should something happen, it makes me think of my brother, Alan, who's a consultant. He has been hired oftentimes by companies like Microsoft or Papa John for doing technology, technology acquisition, helping them by like, you know, $30 million worth of point of sale systems. And if he could save them 10 million, he gets paid on the, the, you know, arbitrage at a major level. And so he, yeah. uh, and he's a consultant and, and when people are being left laid off, consultants are being hired. And he would often though say once a week, I go to coffee with somebody on LinkedIn. If I can, if I'm in the local area or I schedule a zoom meeting and I'm constantly just nurturing my network mm -hmm. just to check in. 
just to hang out with, which is to hang out with people, see how they're doing. If I see somebody that had a career change, like maybe it leads to something, but maybe it doesn't just nurturing relationships continuously as a habit. The leaders that thrive in any economy will just have those habits and practices and disciplines of a little bit of skill building and the continuous nurturing of their network. And so should the worst happen, okay, what are we doing next? How are we pivoting? How, what, what's happening? And it goes back to just the trillions transacted in any, in any economy, the opportunity is still there. You just have to go find it may need to pivot, may need to reposition yourself, may need to move, may need to do something, but. I am convinced for everybody listening to this, this is an opportunity to thrive. It's an opportunity to win. And, you know, hidden in every challenge and adversity is the seed of equal or greater opportunity if you have the point of view to see it, if you have the courage to seize it and take action. And so um, I encourage you, you could be going through a very difficult time right now but I really believe there is a way out if you keep moving, keep learning, keep growing and don't quit. Man, that's great spot. I think we're going to wrap there. Um, I, I can't think of a better way to, to send people off with that, man. That's good messaging right there. And uh, definitely a conversation that we got to continue. So uh, I totally appreciate you having here, having you here and uh, all your information is in the show notes. I know you have a book you wanted to be able to share with people. And what's that? What's the title? Yes, I appreciate it, Jim. And thanks again for having me on. If you have ever thought about starting a YouTube channel, I wrote a book called YouTube Secrets. It's available on Amazon, ebook, physical, audible. If you want to do the audiobook, read by myself and a co author. And YouTube is a great opportunity, I think, probably for your community. Starting a video podcast is very interesting. YouTube's investing. So everybody knows about podcasts, but getting the video on YouTube, it's searchable. And I think for professionals it's very interesting to think well are you gonna go viral on youtube it's not really the point for most professionals how do you create content to just get in front of the right people makes me think of jen devore who had 546 subscribers but she went through our framework and uh sent us an email and she said this last week i had a record week eleven thousand dollars in business in just one week and Again, 546 subscribers. I think that's a number we can all relate to. It was not a million. It's not Mr. Beast. It's not some famous. It's a very practical from videos getting like 10 views, 20 views. But if you're making the right content, that's attracting the right prospects, that's attracting the right customer avatar. YouTube is incredibly powerful for everybody listening to this. And so if you've ever thought about starting a channel or you're interested in starting one, or something like a video podcast, then yeah, check out the book, YouTube Secrets. Uh, I know you'll you'll get value out of it and that's available on Amazon or Audible. So check it out. We'll have links for it uh, in the show notes as well for those of you who are on the treadmill or in traffic or doing what you're doing, um, but definitely take advantage of it. Um, like I said, Sean has been on this journey for a while and I met him, I, I guess it's like five years ago or so now, and he's just He's doing the same thing, just doing more of it, doing doing it better. And uh, so these are the kind of people you want to be, you want to be connected to, you want to be surrounded with. And, and I highly subscribe to what you were talking about with your with your brother's strategy. That I, I have a process where I, I reach out to three people a day. And the whole focus is you were on my mind. I was, you know, I was thinking about you and I had an idea. Let's jump on a call. And a lot of it ends up leading to this. This is the main reason that I do the podcast, is so that I'm just building relationships with my network, with my base. And so that, you know, you might need something that 
I connected somebody last week or next month and or the time may come when I need something and we're growing this relationship and it's vital. So do that. Do your part, guys. Go out there and put yourself out there. Make yourself uh, available. Best ability is availability. Make sure that you can put yourself out there that and be valuable and useful. Solve as many problems as you can get your hands on. Solve the important ones and people will flock to you. They're looking for leaders. They're looking for solutions and people who can bring them hope and opportunity. And that's you. So thanks as always for trusting us to be part of your success team. And we'll look forward to you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Opportunity Makers. If you've heard something that connected with you, please share this episode with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to go to Apple to leave a review. Head on over to GainTheEdgeNow.com to connect with Jim and his team. And remember, there's no such thing as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Opportunities.